love. Some would say it took a backseat when the pandemic forced us apart. As a family-run and proudly Canadian-owned company, Charm Diamond Centres saw the need to bring us together with tales of love and created the Canadian Love Map podcast. Since then, we've shared hundreds of real, uplifting stories that prove love conquers all. So thank you for listening. We couldn't do it without you. And remember, love starts here. Don't you just love a good love story? Love is like that. It's the light that is part of your life. It's unconditional. There's something there for all of us. There's hope that we can get through this and find some joy in our lives. He's always been the one. Self-love is a love story too. Those little sparks of joy are really important. Imagine someone making your biggest dream come true. It's important for people to understand that you're not alone. We love to be part of a Canadian love story. The love story never ends. Well, love is the most important thing. I love the fact that he's not afraid to make new friends and, and draw people into our lives. Every one of our friends is a, a different character. Yeah, yeah. No matter what their background is. And, and everyone gels together when, when we're all together. It's so much fun. And because London is such a melting pot, center of the earth kind of place, you get people from all sorts of countries that um, end up in your life and it's, it's really enriching. Hi, I'm Nancy Regan. This week's love story belongs to Kevin and Nick and a group called the Golden Girls. You could say it's a two for one. Pride, parties, and the art of transplanting your life. This is the Canadian Love Map. Kevin and Nick, thank you so much for joining us. Happy Pride Month. Thank you. You too. Tell us where in the world you're joining us from and why maybe. We are joining you from London, England. And why? Uh, that's a long story. Really. <laughs> You're um, going to get into it. <laughs> and yeah, I guess we met back in 2005 yeah. in Sault Ste. Marie, Canada. And we eventually made our, our way over here. I was born in London, England. I grew up in Canada. I returned to England when I was 15. Went to school here. Got involved in music. And then I was just back on a holiday visiting my parents at the at their lake, just north of Sault Ste. Marie. The next lake over, I had a few friends. I went to see them and met Kevin. And I, I was visiting friends. Yeah. They, they were neighbors. And uh, we joined parties that night. And that's how we met. Yeah. At a beach you party. You joined <laughs> parties that night. That sounds like a euphemism. <laughs> Indeed. I think it was more a barbecue than yeah, it was. Yeah. <laughs> That's fabulous. So tell me yeah. what your lives had been like before that. What was it like growing up? And because we really want to have a bit of a pride flair to this, I'd love to know, okay. you know, when and how you came out or if you ever had to, if it was always just known. I guess for me, I've always had very liberal parents, so it was never really an issue. But I guess I was around 23 when it was more widely known as such. But they just took it in stride. Yeah, I think my mom probably knew before I did. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, so for me, it was, it was fairly easy. And because I'd grown up in Mississauga, more of a, a big city place, for, so for me, it, it was a little bit more acceptable. But over the years, because my parents moved to Sault Ste. Marie, and over the years visiting there, 
meeting friends there. You know, I've heard of stories that weren't so pleasant. So I guess I'm quite fortunate, really. Mm -hmm. You've heard opposite kind of stories, I'm sure, in your life. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, absolutely. What about you, Kevin? I grew up in South Shore in Yarmouth County. I guess I was probably 20, 21 when I came out. Previous to that, I had a girlfriend. I was like in a French Catholic fishing village. I didn't know anybody that was gay. I thought that was the way my life was going to turn out. And eventually, obviously, things changed probably for the better. But I, I, I too have seen some really bad stories where it's not supported. My family are wonderful and supported me from day one. I, again, I'm, I'm very lucky. Yeah, even more so because your family wasn't in such a worldly situation. They were, as you say, in a small no. town. And exactly. they weren't worried about the judgment of others in, in that time. No, they were they were totally welcoming from the time I, I said it. So um, I'm very lucky that way. My mom takes my little niece. Well, she's not little anymore. But even when she was little, uh, they go to the pride parades in Halifax. And, and it's just a normal thing for our nieces, isn't it? Like yeah. They don't even question. They don't even... It's just the way they're, it's just normal for them. And I think that's a wonderful thing. Yeah, absolutely. As it should be. Right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> really, that's, yeah. Uh, that's the underlying theme is, well, of course, that's how it should be. Exactly. So tell me about, I'd love to know a little bit more about that moment when your parties collided and you guys met and what it was that created the spark? I don't know. I, there, well, I don't think there was a spark. Yeah. yeah. Oh, <laughs> I want to know that even more. There's the um, intrigue. Oh, Let's hear oh. it. I don't think there was a spark at first. I think no. we, we were just meeting at like a, a gathering. It was like very social. It, it, yeah. was, it was very brief the first night as well. Yeah, it was very brief. Yeah. yeah. And then eventually... And you were with someone else. You had a... I had a friend with me. And yeah. yeah. And eventually our friends um, organized a barbecue because you were flying back to London, I think. Yes. And right. um, I was. I thought, okay, I'll go if I yeah. must. And um, that was the night that we actually we're able to sit down and talk and yeah and spend time together and get to know each other yeah and like that was on that was at our, our friend's camp yeah out yeah. on the lake as well that's right what was the feeling or when did the spark sort of happen i think because we saw each other a few times it, it was a gradual thing and then i think we were just more interested in each other's lives and where each other had come from um, especially with me being over from london england there was a lot of conversation around that mm -hmm. Uh, and of course, Kevin wasn't from uh, Sault Ste. Marie, he was from Nova Scotia. So there was a lot of questions about that. So I think it was more intrigue at first than anything else. And then um, Nick has a big family reunion every summer. Yeah. And that happened to be during that time. So I got kind of thrown into the deep end very quickly. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> and you had to go and meet the whole family when the relationship was quite fresh? Or was it even a relationship yet? I don't think we no, called it. Yeah, I didn't think yeah. we called it relationship. We're more, more friends at the time than anything else, really. Yeah. And how did that go? That deep end swim. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was, it was really good, actually. Fine, yeah. yeah, yeah. And uh, their Nick's family is very welcoming and friendly. And maybe that was a moment when I was when I thought, okay, this could work. Was after spending time with his family as well. But there was always the um, the thought about London that I I always said. Mm, this is never going to work because of the distance. Yeah. I think when I went back after that first time we met, I think I was, I was back here for 
good four to six months or something like that. I think we kept in touch via yeah. email or something. Yeah, it was so, it was the olden days, so it yeah. was like it was probably email. Yeah, uh, email or, or a phone call once in a while. Mess was the old messenger. The, MS, uh, MSN messenger. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it would have been something like that. <laughs> and so you came from different worlds in terms of your your growing up, but also in in terms of what you were doing in the world, right? Yeah. yeah. What yeah. were both of you doing for work at that point? Um, well, I'm involved in music production. So I, I play in a band. I produce albums. Um, I have a studio here at the house in the in the backyard at the end of the garden. And at the time, Nick was um, touring around England with a music program for children. Yeah, I was doing a lot of. I was doing a charity project at the time for uh, disadvantaged kids around the UK. So oh, cool. it was good because it allowed me to do a, a chunk of work, get paid, and then I go to Canada for a month or two, see Kev, and then I'd be back again to do another chunk of work. So. I think that flexibility in my work definitely allowed us to, you know, see each other more often. So in a way, music paid for your love story. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Kevin, what were you doing then? I was just finishing nursing school when I met Nick. And that's what had brought me to Sault Ste. Marie. And that was the really early days of Sault Ste. Marie for me. So how did the development of the relationship happen from then? My answer to that would be, it was always the goodbyes when Nick had to go back to London. Yeah. And that's when you realize, when I realized... I was like, okay, this is more serious than I thought it was going to be. Yeah. It was always unpleasant when he had to leave. Yeah. You felt like you were having your heart ripped out every time? Every time. Yeah. And I always thought in my head, I was like, I, I, I'll never move to London. So this is never going to work. Um, I'm not sure what's going to happen. And we kind of just mm. took it day by day, yeah. sort of. And I had already done a long distance relationship before then. So for me, it was like, whoa, what's, what's going on here? <laughs> do I want to do that again? No, not really. But I think just the flexibility in my work and, and kept having time off away from school just allowed us to have that time to get together and to pursue things. It's interesting. I think anyone looking back at a long distance relationship can remember the sort of torturous nature. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But there's also, you know, it's titillating and torturous all at once in some ways. It is. Yeah, for sure. I think that went on for about, what, a year, two years? No, maybe a year and a half. It wasn't that long. No, and then you came and spent some a long time. Yeah, that I, I spent more time in Sault Ste. Marie. And eventually, Kevin's mom moved back to Nova Scotia. So Kevin moved in with my mom and dad just outside of Sault Ste. Marie. So we both spent a lot more time together there really yeah yeah and that that lasted for about a year until yeah. it was a whole winter i think we were there for yeah and we got to the spring and i said i'm not living here anymore <laughs> i want to live done. back in, i want to be back in london so uh and i went to work and gave my notice yeah and it happened very very quickly yeah it happened very quickly and Kevin, what was the energy around you during that time? Did you know, was it a lot of trepidation or were you just excited and full on? It was a whirlwind. It was a lot of mix of emotions. Yeah. I think for me, it was just being across the ocean from my family to begin with. Yeah. Um, that was a big deal for me. But at the same time, it was exciting. It was a new chapter. I didn't know what was going to come my way, to be honest. And that's what. 16, 17 years ago now. Yeah, it was October 2008. Um, wow. But Kevin had made a trip over here with me the previous year. Yeah. Yeah, in 2007, he came over for, I think we were here for two weeks. So he got to get a feel for London and that and quite liked it. But then we get here and then Nick is the only person I know. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's very different visiting and moving, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Visiting as a tourist is uh, that's all fun, but when you move there and you realize you've left everything else familiar behind, that's a challenge yeah. sometimes. And yeah. and you're starting again in his yeah. case, you know. Yeah. Like, right. You know, everything was new for him. For me, I I'd already lived here for 20 odd years, so for me it wasn't an issue. So what was that new start like for you, Kevin? It was difficult. Yeah. <laughs> I had a job lined up before I had even left Canada. So that was fine. But the whole process of, of paperwork and all that, that was frustrating. And again, I was by myself. I felt like I was by myself, even though I knew Nick. But um, And then obviously I, I got to know Nick's friends. And once I started work, I made my own friends. Oh, yeah. And um, before we knew it, I knew everybody on our street. Yeah. <laughs> and I started inviting people over for barbecues. And Nick is like, yeah. I've lived here 20 years and I never met these people. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I was very much, um, I don't know, I, I guess because I'm involved in music, I'm very busy with the music music people in general. So, you know, saying hello to our neighbors is probably as, as far as things went. But when Kev moved in. The we, neighborhood did. Yeah, the, the neighborhood moved in as well, which was great. You know, it, it, it's changed my kind of relationship with all with my community. It's interesting how you brought that side of things out. Must be the Nova Scotia. Thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You you brought. They say you can you can take the boy out of Nova Scotia, but you can't take the Nova Scotia out of the boy. For so sure. you took it to London with you. And the kitchen parties. Yes, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> you have Nova Scotia kitchen parties in London. That's awesome. We have we have the best parties. Yeah, yeah. we do. <laughs> okay, I, I'm going to schedule a flight just so that I get to attend one of these parties. Halloween's the one. Yeah, oh, Halloween. Really? That's the other thing that we brought to London is yeah. the Halloween party because they don't really celebrate Halloween no. here. Um, and we throw the best the best Halloween party yeah. you can imagine. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I'm going to need a further description of that, please, because I'm in oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm a big Halloween girl. Yeah. Excellent. Well, we have the music <clears throat> studio, so we uh, clear it out and turn it in. It, it's basically a, a a party venue when it's cleared. Yeah, Kev goes nuts with decorations, and it and takes me about a week a to week decorate. To it. It yeah, is, it is amazing. It's really amazing. We couldn't share the great stories that we do here on the Canadian Love Map podcast without the amazing support of Charm Diamond Centers. They are Canada's largest family-owned jeweler, and they're proud to be putting love on the map. The folks at Charm Diamond Centers are thrilled to be a part of your love story. So visit CharmDiamondCenters.com or one of your local stores. Love starts here. So, Kevin, I know that uh, when you were, I'm not sure when it happened after you moved to London, but I understand that you had an encounter when you were sort of wandering alone in a coffee shop, was it? Uh, are you talking about the Golden Girls? I am. So that was that was in a drag karaoke bar. Oh yeah! Oh, not a coffee bar, not a coffee shop at all. Okay, this is shop, yeah. this is another facet. Like it's a love story within a love story. I I, I really oh, yeah. love the this sense of friendship you're about to tell us about. So, if you don't mind going through that story, I would love everyone to hear it. Yeah, no, of course. Um, I was in. Soho waiting for a friend who's actually Canadian and renowned to be late. Uh, so, you know, when you're my that husband, <laughs> <laughs> you know, when you're standing in a crowded room, because it, it was the size of a room, it's a tiny little place, you're kind of uncomfortable because you don't know anybody. And it's there's a big 
queue to get up to the to the bar to order a drink and you're like shoulder to shoulder and this woman walked up to me and she said to me i have to ask you are you an aquarian and i thought oh my god there here's a real crazy person <laughs> and i said actually you know what i am and uh she said i knew you were and she uh she said i think our birthdays are probably similar and we actually share the same birth date not the same year but the same birth date really uh so i thought oh my gosh this is crazy so she said um i'm here with a group of my girlfriends why don't you come join us while you're waiting for your friend so i thought okay because that's something i would normally do it's a nova scotia thing to do it doesn't ever happen in london but it did that night <laughs> and um anyway i sat i sat down with these ladies and our friendship has continued and that's probably 10 years now mm-hmm. um and we meet monthly sometimes more than monthly they're all in their 60s and retired now so i call them the golden girls come on yeah. and they are a big part of our lives actually yeah yeah and we're all from different um countries and backgrounds yeah. and um our lifestyles are all very different but we have the most fun you can imagine Okay, I'm going to I'm going to ask you to do something strange, but give me a quick description of each one with their name, would you? Oh yeah, sure. It's like reading a book. I now I want to hear the description of the characters. But yeah. they also have they also have nicknames. So if you look at my phone, you'd be quite surprised when I get text messages because you'll get <laughs> I'll get a text message from Hillary Clinton, it will say, <laughs> which is uh my friend Sheila because she looks a lot like Hillary Clinton and she hates that I say that. <laughs> <laughs> Don't and send then, her the link to this conversation. <laughs> no. And then we have Brita, who's um, very loud oh, and yeah. outgoing and outspoken. She's Irish. And she's Irish. <laughs> and she's known as Judge Judy in my yeah. phone. Yeah. <laughs> and then we have Carol Ann, who is from Trinidad. And she, again, is lots of fun, but she is very much like Oprah. So she comes up as Oprah on my phone. <laughs> And then we have Maureen, who is Bette Midler's twin. So um, you'll see Bette Midler come up on my phone. And she, too, is Irish, actually. Mm -hmm. This sounds like a pretty dynamic group of women. We're always there for each other as well. (laughs) So no matter what happens in our lives, we go to each other first. And we're always there for each other. And it's just been the most amazing friendship. And that's been one of the, the best things that has happened to me since I've lived in London. I love the fact that as a group of women, 60-ish, they were, well, at that time, was that 17 years ago? That was 10 years ago. Oh, 10 years ago. So they were in their 50s, but they were in a drag bar. Yeah. (laughs) That says a lot about how, you know, their spirit of fun and adventure. Exactly. And we never go to the same place twice, or we Mm. try not to. So we have been to so many places in 10 years in London. And uh, we just were the first ones and the last ones off the dance floor. Oh, my gosh. That is pretty enticing. And going back to the kitchen party, actually, they're the first ones to be dancing in my kitchen as well. Oh, yeah. They're (laughs) they're hardcore. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's so great. Nick, I know you're in the music industry. Do you travel a lot? Not so much for producing because I've got the studio here. So a lot of the work's done here. But um, I play in a band, so we do tour eh, a couple times a year. A couple years ago, I was producing an 80s band called The Fix. They had a hit called One Thing Leads to Another. So I ended up going on tour with them in the States for two months, which took me over there. So that was great. 
Yeah. Very cool. And you knew yeah. that uh, Kevin was fine because he had the Golden Girls. Exactly. Yeah, he held down the fort. <laughs> You've talked about uh, the idea that you have a lot of different kinds of people in your circle. How important do you think that is to a rich life, to to really have a diversity in your your friend group or in the people who surround you? Oh, I think it's extremely important. And we've got some pretty diverse friends between us, um, especially when you get them all together. Um, I guess because I come from the music background of things, a lot of the people that I work with are in the arts, songwriters, singers, producers, whereas you come from the more medical side of things. He's he's then got more scientific friends, people that work in healthcare. And from different cultures. Yeah, different a, cultures. A lot of my coworkers are from different countries. That's right. Um, they have lots of different backgrounds. And we kind of all join together mm -hmm. when we have gatherings. If Nick has a gig in London, that's when I tend yeah. to invite all my friends and we that's the gig we go to. But if we have a party at the house, I never feel the need to explain somebody no. before they no. arrive. Yeah. Um, we just sort of all gel. And I think that's what makes people open their eyes more as well. And, and they get to know people on a personal level. And yeah. it's always a positive experience. Yeah, we we have two trans friends. Well, trans fan of mine, um, who I met, I don't know how many years ago now, maybe six, seven years ago. Yeah. Um, they're from Wales, and they've become quite involved in our lives now. Um, they become friends more than fans. Yeah, yeah. and they they've both transitioned now, and it's just like they they they're just the same people who they always were. Yeah. You know, it's. Mm -hmm. No different whatsoever. Really. No. And all of our friends have, have gravitated towards them and, and brought them and, you know, made them feel all right in the circle. So, yeah. Well, I'm so glad to hear that because I know the UK in the past number of years has had a lot of controversy around immigration. And yet yeah. London, I, I think London is quite different because it's a big city and it's obviously yes. going to be more accepting. But that's a that's a beautiful story you tell. You know, I can just see I can see yeah. one of your parties in my mind's eye. Oh, and their characters, you know, they really bring a lot of laugh, laughter and joy to people that are who get to meet them and, and spend time with them. Every one of our friends is a, a different character. Yeah. Yeah. No matter what their background is. And and everyone gels together when when we're all together, which is yeah, so much fun. And because London's such a melting pot, center of the earth kind of place, like Kev said, you get people from all sorts of countries that um end up in your life and it's it's really enriching for sure. Yeah. I'm curious to know, Kevin, uh, as conflicted as you were when you moved from Sault Ste. Marie to London, when you look back now, can you imagine your life any other way? No, it definitely feels like I've always been here. Mm. It took a while. I think I probably cried every day for the first six months. Oh, yeah. my heart. And I, I probably told Nick every day for six months. He did. I'm going <clears throat> yeah. yeah, he did. <laughs> and I said to him, I said, I've seen it this before. I said, Give it six months. I said, you'll go back for a visit and you'll get back to Canada. And you'll be like, I want to be back in London. And then it, it'll, yeah. it'll hit you like that. And that's what happened to me as well. It's it's strange because like when you're first here, you're like, oh, I miss the modernness of Canada. But once you really get into the fabric of old England, it it, it really draws you in. And then when you're away from it, you miss it and you want to be back here. Again. Yeah. <laughs> 
Interestingly, my younger sister and her husband moved from Hollywood, from L.A. to London right before COVID, wow. maybe maybe four months, three months before COVID. And it wow. was so that they could expose their kids to all the culture and and you yeah. know, museums and music and and travel. And then yeah. the pandemic yeah. happened. So they're, <laughs> they're really starting to enjoy it more now, I'm happy to say. Yeah, that's good. That's good. We yeah. um just before COVID, we basically uh, gutted our house to renovate. Oh, yeah. And then COVID happened. And no. we were living yeah. with it with beams. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was so, renovating during lockdown. Yeah. <laughs> and so you were both locked down together there in the house. How did that enhance or challenge your relationship? Well, there's four of us, actually, because a friend of mine moved in we knew the lockdown was coming and, and he was going to help me do the renovation. So I said, look, we can't be in and out. You're either in or you're out. So he said, Oh yeah, I'm coming with you guys. So he, he moved into our spare room and we also have a lodger. We had a lodger at the time that yeah. had the other spare room. So there was four of us, but the house is big enough. And, but it was the most time we've ever spent together. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was a beautiful spring. It was a really hot spring. So, we were in the garden a lot. We have a swimming pool, so we were in the pool. We yeah, we were, we were lucky weather-wise. Yeah, so, we, you know, we weren't getting on top of each other. It was, it was, it was Although like, I had to keep working because I were, yeah. obviously that's my job. Mm. So at one point, I had two laptops on the end of, of our bed in our bedroom, which was full <laughs> of everything that we had piled away that from downstairs. Yeah. Like, it was, it was not a good experience. But you were managing some of the COVID response from that little station, workstation of yours. Yeah. Two little laptops at the end of my bed. Two dogs always around me. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, I know London had a hard time in the pandemic. So I'm, I'm yeah. actually thankful for you now that that's over. Outside of that subject, which we really want to drop quickly like a hot yeah. stone. Yeah. Um, what is your life like now? It's all right. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's very intertwined now. the house is getting done <laughs> yeah but it's very intertwined where my like my healthcare staff and nick's music friends and artists yeah. we're all very mixed because we all get together and we always in include everybody yeah and i think that's quite interesting to see because they're all very different but when we have parties um, get togethers yeah they all look forward to seeing each other and and i think that's quite cool yeah and i've taken on a lot of of different work with music now so it's quite cool that we're kind of mixed that way mm -hmm. you've kind of got pulled into the music world kevin i did i definitely have i have a friend who who's from texas who tours over here and i've been tour managing her last couple tours oh. and there's been a couple friends from from nova scotia who've come over as well and I've done some shows for them. And I'm really enjoying that bit because it's a it's a break from using my medical brain. Yeah, wonderful. Okay, so we almost always ask in these conversations what it is you love most about your partner. And the question is, who goes first? <laughs> I knew you were going to ask that question. <laughs> <laughs> You go, go first. You go first. <laughs> yeah, I knew. I knew there was going to be a struggle here. Um, I think for me, it's how patient Nick is with me at times because I can kind of be all over the place, mm. and he kind of just chills with it. Yeah, I guess with Kev it would have to be the home. He's very good at keeping home life 
very together for us. You know, everything's organized. Everything looks great. Uh, everything works. <laughs> Even when I'm not working, everything makes everything work. <laughs> I love the fact that he's not afraid to make new friends and, and draw people into our lives. I think that's been great. Like a really big social circle involved in the community, stuff like that. Definitely. Yeah, that openness of spirit. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Beautiful. Kevin? For me, it's probably Nick never ever says no. So if I say this is what we're going to do, he says, okay, let's let's do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> this is an example right here, I suppose. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because I, I talked to Kevin about doing this. And okay. uh, Nick, I guess he just told you, here's what we're doing. Yeah. I did, actually. Yeah. It's the same with my Halloween costume. I don't know what I'm wearing until like an hour before. Yeah, every year. I'm like, <laughs> this is what we're doing. So. Oh, my yeah. gosh. Listen, it's just been wonderful talking to both of you. Thanks so much for Me making too. time. And oh, I hope someday we'll meet in person. Yes, definitely. Me too. All right. All the best. You Take too. care. Thanks a lot. Thanks. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Canadian Love Map. If you love us, please subscribe and share. And if you want to help us spread the love even more, rate and review our podcast. It makes such a difference. We'll be back next week with another love story to add to the map. This podcast is presented and made possible by Charm Diamond Centers. It's hosted by me, Nancy Regan, and is produced and distributed by Podstarter.